This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode of Congratulations is brought to you by Blue Apron. Blue Apron's great. You understand me? I'm Chris D'Elia, and I'm telling you this. For less than $10 a person per meal, Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals. You don't even have to think about it. It just shows up at your door, and then you make this food. And you got to choose from a variety of new recipes each week, and they set it up for you. Let Blue Apron's culinary team surprise you even. You could do that. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash congrats. You understand me? Welcome to Congratulations. This is the podcast. This is how we're doing it. Okay? Um, and uh, this is like the 16th episode, I think. I, I have no idea. I literally have no idea until I'm done with it. My producer's not here. It's just me. We're seeing if I could roll dolo, dude. I'm on my dolo. What the fuck? I'm on my dolo. I don't even know if that means by myself, but I know Ice Cube says it. So I'm on my dolo. Um, but yeah, so I'm by myself. You know what that means? I'm in my podcast room and I'm completely naked and I don't give a shit. Uh, I wanted to always feel what it's like to do my art and speak my mind to a bunch of people, thousands of people, let my balls just air out. And that's how it's going to be. It's actually a little more, uh, air, uh, echoey because of my, uh, my producer's not here and he, he brings a bunch, he always brings a bunch of fat cats with him and he lies them around. So, uh, it eats up the sound. Uh, he brings about 15 to 16 fat cats, uh, and sets them all up, but I'm naked. I'm completely naked. Uh, and, and that's, what's up, dude. This is the naked podcast. Congratulations. The naked podcast. Um, so, uh, I am in Los Angeles and I've been in Los Angeles for a week and you know, I've been doing this movie. Uh, I shot the movie for about three weeks, and then I was back in L.A., uh, and I'm wrapping up my time in L.A. now because I'm going back to Toronto to do uh, the movie, to finish up the movie. And uh, I have enjoyed being in Los Angeles. I caught up with some people. Uh, I got to see my mom for mo mo Mother's Day, or as she said, calls it, Mullah's Day. I don't know why she does that. She does that because she likes to just be silly and weird. But... Um, yeah, so uh, I did that, and uh, and now I'm going back to Toronto, um, and uh, I'm I feel like I went. Oh, well, here's the deal: I went up last night. I did some stand up at the comedy store in the Laugh Factory, and it felt good, man. It felt really good to be back home and doing doing stand up and doing jokes. And a lot of the stuff was newer stuff, and it was very cool because some of the people there hadn't seen me in about three or four weeks, and some of the door guys were like, "Hey." You know, like the new stuff kept me charged, man. It made me realize I'm a comedian, you know, uh, even though I've been doing this, this drama uh, in Toronto, uh, it made me realize that uh, at my heart, I'm a comedian. Um, so thanks for, uh, thanks for letting me do that world. Um, and uh, so uh, now I'm, I'm, uh, I'm chilling. They asked me when I wanted to go back to Toronto. Uh, they gave me an early flight or a late flight option, asked for the late flight. And they said, "Never mind. They're going to give me the early flight. Uh, so I said, okay, you know, cause I'm, uh, I'm not going to argue with production. Uh, 
went to this nice place for Mother's Day or for Mullah's Day, as my mom would call it, for fun. And uh, it was a fish place, and they had the the jackasses. If you're a grown man and you're eating crab, you don't fucking put a bib on. Do you understand me? That's for a six-year-old. You grown man? I saw this grown man that was just eating crab and had the bib on like he was a fucking eight-year-old, but he was 40-something. And you could tell by the look on his face that he just wanted to order the crab so he could be cute and put the bib on. Makes it double, doubly bad. If you really want crab and you're like, I want crab, and then you're like, you know what? I really don't actually want to mess up my suit. Then fine. That's bad enough. Just be good. Get the shit on your suit or fucking be careful. You're an adult. But um, that's it, man. If you're not, if you're not, if you're not, if you're, if, if you're like, maybe I'll get the crab, maybe I'll get the fucking, you know, um, salmon, but you're like, oh, but I'll wear the bib, it'll be, it'll be fun. I'll be the funny guy at the table with the bib on, and I'll do bib jokes. Eee, cuda. And you know it, dude, because you've seen something and you need distraction. Um, yeah, don't do that. I don't know what, I don't know, um, I don't know, don't do that. That's my PSA for now. The first, you got to start off, start off hot. That's my hot shit right there. It's the new hotness. When I saw Men in Black, the the trailer, and when he said, and when Will Smith said, old and crusty, or he said, old and busted, new hotness. And he pointed to his car and said, new hotness. I was like, I love Will Smith from now on. I mean, I already loved him, but that shit fucking new hotness? You're 40 and you say new hotness? Actually, he's probably less than, younger than I. Dude, how about when, okay, I'm 37 now. And I watched back these movies that I loved, and I was like, oh, man, let's watch a movie. Will Smith, what's an old Will Smith movie? And you watch an old Will Smith movie, and he was fucking, and, you're, and you expect him to be like 45 because you're, you were younger, and he was a grown man. But really, Will Smith is like fucking seven years older than me. He's not 50, right? Dude, that's insane to me, to look at Men in Black and be like, oh, he was 19. Oh, he was 14 in that. Oh, oh, Will Smith did Men in Black when he was 11. Drinking. LaCroix, if you're a cocksucker. Or you can say LaCroix. <laughs> I want every... Uh, by the way, I don't like that. Like any kind of like croissant. Like it's croissant. If you're in America, it's croissant. It's not croissant. Because everything in every language should have its other language version, right? Like burrito in, uh, you know, Spanish is now burrito. If you're fucking order and you say burrito as an American, you're a fucking asshole. Get the bib. Eat that burrito, you know? But there should be something like that. My dad said something to me like, uh, yeah, you're a real... I can't remember the, I can't remember the word, but it was, it was a word that was in Italian. Every now and then, my dad is S Italian. It's like all of a sudden he's like, Don Giorno, I bolettini. and you're like, uh, but he used the Italian word. And I said, what the hell does that mean? He's like, there's not a word for it in English. It means one who simply doesn't give a fuck. I'm like, well, just then don't use that word. I wish I remember what it was, but I don't remember. Um, so he did that. And then I invited him to get a burrito and drink some La Croix. La Croix. La Croix. La Croix. La Croix. Um, so yeah, don't, um, don't have the bib. And also, you know, but I don't know. Everyone always thinks they're fucking extra and cool and fun. And I, I like to think about, you know, what's funny to me is like when people like the bib guy, if you take a guy who's like the bib, the big, the bib guy. Uh, I don't know why it took me 40 tries to say that, but the bib guy at the restaurant, the look at me, look at me guy, or the guy who walks in, I saw a guy walk into the coffee shop, uh, yesterday or one of these days recently. I don't know why I need to tell you guys the truth about that, but it was one of these days, not yesterday. I don't think. And he walked in and you can tell he was filling himself. Like he was murdering just walking in. Right. Like he thought he felt like. Maybe I maybe I'm on the Truman Show just just in case I'm on the Truman Show and everybody in the world's watching. I'm gonna blast through this door like I'm John Goddamn Wayne, 
And so he walked through the door and you could tell he was feeling himself because his eyes were a little bit, little bit squintier, little bit squintier or little bit squintier. I think I meant little bit squintier because a little bit squintier is not words are not words. So he walked in and he was killing it a little bit. And immediately when I think when I see somebody who does that, that thinks they're all that or killing it or fucking, you know, if they got a cool, Oh, by the way, you know who I also saw recently, there was a, a few, um, episodes ago maybe actually it was like the third or fourth episode i saw a guy i was making fun of the guy who was wearing the cool dope shit and his name was still brad at the coffee shop like you can't wear the dopest shit if and then he still has to say his name is brad or whatever the name was um so i always like to imagine those guys as dope as they are as cool as they can possibly be i i like to imagine them dead asleep because to me that's hilarious no matter how dope you are no matter how fucking ill your collar is or how fucking shiny those boots are or roughed up those jeans are in the most perfect way or how cool you think you are and charismatic you think you are when you're talking to a lady, you still fucking sometimes sleep like a baby. And that's so funny to me to be like, yeah, I'm the shit. But then imagining that guy all curled up like a cute motherfucker, just like, <clears throat> and then waking up just like, <clears throat> You little bitch. <laughs> you little fucking bitch. You still have to sleep a lot. That's so funny to me. I can imagine myself one day in my old age getting mad like at somebody that thinks he's cool, like super dope, and just being like, fuck you, you sleep. You still fucking sleep sometimes like a baby and have him have no idea what the fuck I mean. But I know what I mean. That's Nirvana, I think. I legitimately think that's Nirvana is when you're saying shit like that, whatever the Italian fucking word is. What the fuck is that Italian word? I'm going to text my dad right now. He won't get back to me till tomorrow because he's fucking 70. Um, hey, Dad. What was that word? Italian. Watch, I'm going to say, hey, Dad, what was that Italian word? And he's going to be like, what Italian word? You got to be real specific with people as they get older. You can't be like, like if you could say, hey, hand me that thing to a 25-year-old and they know exactly what you're talking about. You say, hand me that thing to a fucking 75-year-old, they'll, they'll look at you like it's the last question on fucking Jeopardy. Like, I, I didn't study. Like, that's how they'll look at you. You'd be like, the fucking thing we were talking about for the past 20 minutes. Give me the scissors. Like, we should have said fucking scissors. Um, Yeah. Whatever, uh, whatever it was, though. How oh, cool. Oh, it's really cool, too, that I have two fucking networks in my house for some reason. So it never works when I fucking... Doesn't... The one... The one... I, I like to use Siri voice text. The one that doesn't give a fuck. That's so not good English, but he's, so he's not going to know what I mean. But anyway... Um, so yeah, uh, well, I, I don't remember what I was talking. I'm completely off ba base here. Worst host host ever. Worst fucking host ever. You know what? Honestly, uh, oh yeah, sleeping like a baby, like sleeping like a fucking baby, dude. It's it's funny to me. I used to think about like how no matter how funny how fucking dope someone was, like they trip, but like tripping isn't as good as sleeping. Like we have to sleep. Like that's like we no matter how cool we are, no matter how dope we are, we still fucking are number one something we need to do is sleep. Nobody's better than that. That's the best to me. We're all bitches because of sleep. All bitches because of sleep. Speaking of bad hosts, and I and this is actually not fair because I don't think he's a bad host. I think he's a great host. But did you hear, um, but speaking of hosts, period, let's say sleep, speaking of hosts, um, did, did anybody see, I kind of missed this. I got late in the game here. I didn't know about it the day it happened when it was blowing up, but this email that Steve Harvey sent out to his, t to his, um, uh, to his, um, staff about how the, the new rules for season five on his show and, and the internet is like lighting them up for it. Um, and everyone's like, this guy should be fired. This guy should be, uh, replaced. And they have like. They're trying to get like 50,000 signatures and they already got like 25,000 signatures to fucking cancel his show. And I did his show get. Yeah, it did can't. They did cancel it. It says right here. 
Uh, this is from Robert Fetter. Chicago media served fresh daily since 1980. Thursday marks the final day of production for the Steve Harvey show after five years in Chicago. After that, it's packing up and moving to Los Angeles. Oh, okay, no, it didn't get canceled. It's just moving to Los Angeles. That's the thing. And everyone wants him to get fired online because... This, this is the best. I fucking love Steve Harvey, by the way. After this, I'm a, I'm a huge Steve Harvey fan. I don't give a fuck. I don't care. Politically, I don't care who you're for. I think he's for Trump. I don't give a fuck. You do you, Steve Harvey. We need people in America that fucking do them. You understand? I just, you know, maybe everybody should vote. That's what I think if we're talking politics. But we're not. We're talking about personal shit. And we're, no, we're not talking about personal shit. We're talking about you in the workplace. You got to do you, bro. Sociopaths and psychopaths fucking succeed because they're hyper-focused. And I think Steve Harvey may be a fucking psychopath or sociopath. So here, here are the rules that he put out for season five of his, and, and, he, and I, have a, I, I have a lot of thought, thoughts about this, okay? On this website, it says, uh, uh, okay, these are the things he said. Good morning, and the email, good morning, everyone. This is the email he sent to everybody. Good morning, everyone. Welcome back. Good morning, everyone. Welcome back. So started really nice. I'd like you all to review and adhere to the following notes and rules for season five of my talk show. Now, he came out with a fucking bang, right? Like he was nice for two short sentences. And then he was like, now here's how it's going to go, motherfuckers. That means that he shouldn't even have been nice in the first two sentences. I don't like that. I got to say, he should have either been nice, nicer for longer or just started off, what's up, motherfuckers? And then I'd like you all to review and adhere to the following notes and rules for season five to my talk show. Now, I think this is how it should have been. What's up, motherfuckers? This is how it's going to be from now on. And I think instead of all that shit I just read, this is the, and the words, how it's going to be from now on should all be one word. That, that would be, this is the only way that I would be a bigger fan of Steve Harvey after this email is if this, he did it like this. What's up, motherfuckers? This is how it's going to be from now on. One word. Okay. And then this is back to what he actually said. There will be no meetings in my dressing room. No stopping by or popping in. No one. Love that he said stopping by or popping in because he meant it. He said the same thing twice with different words. And then he said in caps, no one. So that means even the people that thought that they were closer than him, than the other people that were reading the email, just read that part and got extra like, oh, he means me. <laughs> it's like... Like he, I, I love the fact that Steve Harvey probably has a best friend on the show and he still sent the email to everybody and included the best friend and that no one was particularly for that best friend. Okay. Then he writes, do not come to my dressing room unless invited. Now that's the same goddamn thing he just said, which is amazing. Okay. So far it's like somebody, every episode comes into, so far this email is literally written like somebody comes into his dressing room every uh, shoot day and fucks him up the ass. And, and, and he does not want it to happen. And he cannot stop it. And, and no matter what, and, and as, as he gets fucked in the ass, he's like the guy's like the guy's saying this shit in like French or whatever fucking word, whatever uh, language. And he's just like, blah, 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 blah. And, and Steve Harvey's like, who the fuck is this French guy saying? And what's he saying? And he never knew what he was saying. He didn't know who he was because he's hooded. And then after season four, right before season five, he realized that in French, the guy was saying, if you want this to stop, all you have to do is email everybody in your staff <laughs> about, and, and I won't pop by. The only way you can make me not stop pop by is if you email me. By the way, I'm in your staff. You don't know who I am. And he realized who he was. So, this so then this is what he says. Do not open my dressing room door, which is the same goddamn thing. This motherfucker had a traumatic in, in, uh, instance happen a lot in his dressing room. And then in caps, if you open my door, expect to be removed. Removed like you're a molar, not like you're a person. Couldn't love Steve Harvey more right now. Okay, then... My security team will stop everyone from standing at my door who have the intent to see or speak to me 
or fuck me up the ass in parentheses, French guy, that's for you. Just kidding. It ended with speak to me, obviously. But that's how it, because we know something was going on. Then it says, I want all the ambushing to stop now. Now you know he's been fucked in the ass repeatedly in his dressing room. You know for sure that he's been fucked in the ass. Because he used the word ambush. Like he kind of like showed his hand right there. And he writes, that includes, st- that includes TV staff. Now, right there, he thinks that the French guy is a TV. Like, there's some French people in his, fr- in his TV staff, and he thinks that maybe some of those guys are the guys that fuck him up the ass. Then he writes, you must schedule an appointment. Now, that means maybe he would like to get fucked in the ass, but he doesn't want to be taken by surprise while he's getting fucked in the ass, right? He wants to at least know it's coming so he can do some calisthenics first, okay? Then here we go. Here we go. This is the part, the, the thing that really fucking takes it to the next level and to where we know that something went down. I have been taken advantage of by my lenient policy in the past. This ends now. No more in caps. Nobody says no more in caps unless you've sincerely been, and I mean this, taken advantage of sexually. Nobody says no more in caps like that. Nobody types that unless somebody's been taken sexually advantage of. Here's another, he keeps going. Do not approach me while I'm in the makeup chair unless I ask to speak with you directly. Either knock or use the doorbell. My favorite thing about that is, why is there a goddamn doorbell in the makeup trailer? It's a makeup trailer where you only get makeup done, by the way. I don't know. A lot of people probably don't know how it works. A makeup trailer is legitimately just used for getting your makeup done. There is no reason there should be a doorbell on it. And that's why Steve Harvey is my number one favorite person at this point in this email. Okay? This is the best part right here. I'm not the best part. I'm sorry. It just keeps getting better is what I mean. Next, he says, I promise you I will not entertain you in the hallway. (laughs) That's like, that's funny to think like I'm an entertainer and I'll fucking entertain people at the show. But don't you fucking think I'm going to be tap dancing, motherfuckers, in no hallway. And he, he, this is the best. Oh, man, this is so specific. I love it. I promise you I will not entertain you in the hallway and do not attempt to walk with me. This dude wants to fucking roll on his dolo, dude. This is Now, this is another part that fucking hits the friends, hits his friends. If you're reading this... Yes, I mean you. So what? guess what that means? That means me too. Me, Chris, Dalia, me. I'm not on this show, but I read it. So he means me. I like that the email is personal to me. Now, and then he writes a little bit, tries to realize maybe he got a little hot. So he writes, everyone do not take offense to the new way of doing business. It is for the good of my personal life. And now that's fine. But then this part is the really motherfucker. He writes, end enjoyment. It is for the good of my personal life and enjoyment. Mean, take the personal life out of it. It is for my enjoyment. Oh! Hey, don't walk with me. Don't pop in my room. Ring the doorbell on my makeup trailer. Do not fucking come up to me in the hallway. Because, because, and, and, and I want you to know that you can't do this because it's for my enjoyment. That's amazing. That's an evil villain. That's the king that went bad and decided to ruin the nation or whatever the fuck you rule over. It's awesome, dude. That's amazing. Now now talk about not giving a fuck, one who doesn't give a fuck. My dad texted me back. Manafragista. Manafragista. One who does not give a fuck. Steve Harvey. And people are like, he should be fired. He should be fired. Fuck that. Fuck that. He's the boss. He's the boss. It's his show. You can't do the show without him. They're going to throw the fucking show off the air. Fuck that. Don't work for him. I understand everybody like relies on, oh, that's my job. Now I got to work. Fuck that. Have fun. You know what, dude? If somebody said that to me, if somebody had those rules to me, I couldn't help myself. I'd have to fucking pop. I'd, hey, what's up, Steve? In the hallway. What's going on, man? He'd be like, did you read my fucking email? 
or he wouldn't even entertain me. He, I mean, fuck that. He's my hero. In business, we need more motherfuckers like that. That's awesome. It's my favorite, literally. That's my favorite email I've ever read. No doubt. No doubt. I just like thinking about how some French guy definitely fucked him in the ass, and that's why he wrote that email. I mean, that's just... But... But the the amount of flack he got on the on the internet for that is just so stupid. It's so stupid to go after somebody like that. It's fine to make a joke, like you know, if comedians are like, "Whoa, Steve Harvey is a fucking diva," and fucking making jokes about it, you know. But come on, dude. Really? Oh, he's a piece of shit. Nah. That's how we got it. That's. Now let me tell you something too. A person like that is either miserable or the happiest motherfucker. I I mean, I saw somebody the other day that was talking about, uh, you know, she was insane. And she was, she kept on repeating herself like, hey, she said, if you need a new um, costume designer, if you need a new costume designer, yeah, there's a costume, you know, I'll get your costumes all set up. Just talking to nobody, nobody. She was talking to nobody at a cafe. And she was happy. No, she had mental problems, of course, because she wasn't a costume designer. And because she wasn't looking at anybody talking. She was pretending like she was talking to people that weren't there or just kind of to the room. But that's like a step or two away from what Steve Harvey Harvey is. Steve Harvey is a, a step or two away from that. But those people are happy. Some some crazy motherfuckers are happy as shit, dude. You see them laughing. You see them, you see them laughing and drooling and picking their nose in public without a care in the world. God bless. Manafragista. Live it up, my babies. Manafrage fucking Gista, dude. Manafragista. I'm doing this fucking podcast naked as shit, Manafragista. You feel me? Ah, you know what I mean. <laughs> ah, boy. Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. In the country. Well, you want to miss out on that? No. Its mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone. All right? It's a more sustainable food system. It sets high standards, the highest standards for ingredients. And it builds a community of home chefs. All right, you can get the food yourself. It's 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 also it's 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 partnered with over 150 local farms, fisheries, and ranchers across the United States. All right, seafood is good. It's developed. Uh, they're under standards developed in partnership with the Monterey Bay Aquarium Seafood Watch. The beef and chicken and pork come from responsibly raised animals. You know, you can and you can. It's affordable. Also, you might be like, well, that must cost fourteen thousand dollars a month, but it doesn't. It's not for it's not for somebody who's loaded, who's got boats. You can get it for less than ten dollars per person per meal. Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with pre-proportioned ingredients to make delicious home cooked meals. All right, it's got a variety and it's flexible too. You can customize your recipes each week based on your preferences. Several delivery options. Choose what fits your needs, and there's no commitment weekly, so you can get deliveries. When you want them, it's easy. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping. Go to blueapron.com slash congrats. Just hit that blueapron.com slash congrats. You'll love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. Don't wait. Go to blueapron.com slash congrats. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. I always wanted to be one of those guys that like had a that did a, a voiceover for like some fucking company and did a tagline and at the end of the tagline you talk like this Hyundai it's got four wheels and feels amazing <laughs> Hyundai I'm so bad by the way at hearing people's voices when I know who they are I know it's somebody but I don't know who you know where it's like just the voiceover and, and it's like a, a Hyundai commercial or something. You're like, who is that? 
and then I have no idea, and I don't want to Google it because that's cheating, and then seven weeks later, I just go like this, James Spader, and I figure out who it is walking down the streets of Toronto, and people think I have Tourette syndrome, and, I, and my tick is screaming out, James Spader. Manifragista, babies. You got to get to that point in your life. You're happier, I think, to a point. And then you get to the point where you're like fucking insane. And then, you you know, you maybe go down, down the hill the other way. This guy uh, sent me the most powerful DM I ever got. Uh, I, let me see if I can find it. Oh, boy, I have no fucking idea how am I going to find this. I don't know if I'll find it, but come on, motherfucker. Okay, I'll just uh, say it. Say what he said. He said, hey, man. Hey, man. Um, I, yo, you like cutting off people on the road, huh? On Hollywood Boulevard or whatever. That was me you cut off in the white Prius. Amazing, dude. Amazing that, first of all, I honestly don't think it was me. It, it I, I guess it could have been, but whatever. To get, then get that mad and then direct message somebody for it is just the fucking most hilarious thing. What a fucking bitch. I wanted to screenshot it and put it up, but I, I can't find it now. I, I get fucking too many. Mmm, so popular. You know? Uh, but how funny is that that he did that? That's some gangster fucking social media gangster shit. I got a release date for my uh, my special, by the way. It's January. Or it's January, fucking idiot. Yeah, it's in 17 months. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's June uh, June 27th. June 27th, Man on Fire, Netflix. Only on Netflix. That's my new special coming out. So geek out if you're a fan. If you're not, watch it anyway. It's a little bit more grown up than my last shit. Just trying to grow as an artist, man. I hate when people say that, but it is kind of true. You do have to do that. You can't keep doing the same thing over and over again because then, you know, it's like, what the fuck, you know? Do work out of your uh, comfort zone, I guess, right? Try, try. That's what it is really is try. Just try. Don't be complacent, I think. So it's uh, definitely more of a point, point, more point of view driven, more, uh, more. Um, it's definitely still silly, but it's, uh, I tell more stories about what's going on in my life. I'm really proud of it, to be honest. Um, and, uh, and so I'm excited for it to come out. I don't know, though, man. Everyone's getting specials nowadays. It, it's, I feel like specials aren't even special anymore. You just got to keep coming out with them, and you got to be more and more um, uh, pre prevalent with them. I don't know, because you got you to keep reminding people. That's what Bill, uh, Burr was saying to me. You got to keep reminding people that you're out there until they just fucking can't ignore it. Because he, he does a special once every like year and a half. And I'm on like once every year or and a half or two year and a half or two years. Um, and uh, but you know it helps also doing movies and you do a movie that comes out, you're in a TV show that comes out, you're in a fucking um, um, yeah, you got a fucking podcast, you know. You got to be in these motherfuckers' faces, especially because they could do anything they want to now. You could do anything you want to. You could you could you don't have to watch a movie. You could just look at your phone and stay on Twitter. Nobody goes to see the movie. I mean, remember when movies like King Arthur would fucking murder in the box office? Nobody went to go see that. The movie cost $175 million to make opening weekend. It made $14 million. It's a shame, too. It's probably fucking cool and good, and Charlie Hunnam is fucking awesome, and Guy Ritchie's the shit. But I just knew nobody was going to see that movie because it's just fucking they can do anything else. They can do anything else. They wait for it to come out on iTunes or fucking Netflix or Hulu or something. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Every, every, it's so crazy, all these streaming services, though, man. Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, YouTube Red now. Fucking, they're, they're getting into original programming with, that aren't just YouTube stars. Um... 
Um, what else? I don't know. It's like they're gonna have a fucking. They're gonna have like, hey, I'm gonna have it get a call from an agent. Hey, t- uh, Tinder's reaching out. They want uh, they want to do some original programming. Do you have any ideas for fucking Tinder TV? And I, and I'll be like, I'm not fucking doing a show with Tinder. And then it'll be like the hottest fucking thing in three years, and they'll be rebranded, and I would have missed the boat. That's what fucking Breaking Bad did to AMC. That's what fucking uh, Always Sunny did to FX. People didn't watch that shit. FX was the place you went to to watch like uh, Turner and Hooch. That it was just on at 3.30 p.m. And you're like, oh, I remember this movie. And you watched the end half of it with the commercials. But now it's like the shit. AMC, same thing. AMC would have fucking, they used to have corny ass movies. And then Breaking Bad came along and Mad Men, and it was over. Over. Mad Men was so dope. Mad Men was so dope, people started dressing different. You know how dope a fucking... That'd be like if Game of Thrones... If everyone was walking around in, like, fur collars and long capes, carrying around fucking plastic swords, and everyone had a beard and long hair because of Game of Thrones. I mean, everyone bought skinny ties... And fucking did their hair like a like an asshole wax Kendall because of fucking Don Draper. Everybody thought they were Don Draper. I love that. People thought they were as bad as Don Draper. And Don Draper's the what's his name? Uh, James or Ham? John Ham? Fucking so annoying. I couldn't get his name. John Ham was uh, as handsome as shit. A ten, you know. And then you'd have like goofball fucking twenty two year olds being like. I'm on Don Draper. I'm on the Don Draper tip. And they just like work at a fucking bar. And you're like, bro, just put on a t-shirt and fucking, you don't need to do your hair like that. You're not Don Drape. You Don Draper or you Steve. You Don Draper or you guy named Steve that lives in fucking Minnesota and works at a bar. Are you in that agency? No, uh, you're not. I'm drinking this fucking Lacroix. That's how it is, babies. That's how it is, my babies. Manafragista. Manafragista. You know what I mean? Uh, Should we go to gaming the system or what? I can't believe that. Too hard to game the system is still one of my funniest fucking... One of my... One time, did I tell this story already? I have no idea if I told this story already on a fucking podcast or not. You never know. Since we were talking about crazy people and on the way to crazy like Steve Harvey, um, you never know. You really never know who's crazy or not. Like the lady at the cafe who was saying fucking costume stylist or uh, uh, whatever. She could have been a fucking stylist. I don't know. I don't think she was, but she could have been. Uh, she She wasn't because she was crazy, but... Um, uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, fuck, where, where, where am I here? What am I talking about? Crazy. Oh yeah. Uh, I used to go to this coffee shop in the Valley when I ran the fucking, I ran cold water fucking coffee mean dude. I fucking ran it. I know I talked about this on the podcast. If you're a loyal listener, you know what I'm talking about. I fucking ran that shit. Um, there used to be a guy that would go there and every time he would come in, I loved talking to him cause he was bat shit insane. In my eyes, this dude was the best crazy person. He would talk to me. He'd be like, hey, man, what's going on? He'd just sit, look at everybody and smile. And what's up? You know, 42, maybe 43. And um, I don't know what he did. But he was always like, so, man, you're, an, you're a comedian, huh? You're an actor? And I was like, yeah. And he'd be like, yeah, yeah, that's what they say. That's what they're telling me. So, man, what do you got? Some projects coming up? I'd be like, ah, just doing, you know, on stage. I mean, this was like fucking 10 years ago. So I wasn't like really hitting. I wasn't doing a lot of stuff back then. And this guy would be like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, got a, I, got a, I got a hedge fund. I got a fucking movie I'm doing. We're developing some stuff. I'm starting a fucking uh, uh, a company that, that serves food and caters. I mean, just all sorts of lies. Just the, he could have been. I, and I would listen to him and my other buddies would be there and they'd be like, why do you fucking always call him over? It's so annoying. But I was just a, a fucking so fun to hear what this guy had to say and knew he was making it up in his mind. And, and that fascinates me. 
because he would just be like, yeah, I'm, you know, I got my buddy. I would mention like shoes and he'd be like, yeah, my buddy, you fucking, he, he uh, is the co-creator of the Air Max or some shit. And I'd be like, this guy's lying. So he, but he would occasionally bring up this thing where he was like trying to do this thing with like animal rights or something and to help animals and to spread awareness for some fucking thing. I don't know. It was 10 years ago. I don't remember. It was like 10 years ago. I don't I really don't remember. But he, I do remember he was like, yeah, we're doing this thing where we're trying to fucking, this llama has traveled across country and we're, we're bringing this llama to different places and, and it's going to be in LA. The llama is going to be in LA. And I know, I know Jamie Masada at the Laugh Factory. You must know him. And I was like, yeah, I perform there all the time. Jamie, Jamie Masada is the owner of the Laugh Factory. One of my fucking great friends, great guy. And, uh, and and he was like, uh, yeah, and Jamie had it set up to where K-Rock is going to come out and they're going to sh- uh, uh, talk, do this radio shit, and we're going to have this llama there. You should come by. And I'm like, oh, this guy, I mean, now he's so crazy that he knows that I'm going to fucking, I'm going to, uh, like, I could check this. I Jamie's a, a buddy of mine, right? Like, I could, I, I perform at the left. Right? Now, I, now I can fact check this shit. But I don't because I'm like, there's no reason to fact check it because this motherfucker isn't going to bring a llama to the Laugh Factory and K-Rock doesn't know about it, right? But anyway, uh, one of the fucking funniest things that this guy did was, I, I don't really know what he was doing, but he he, he, did, he was one of those guys, you know, you know those guys that fucking order like four or five coffees and then put them in the tray and then leave the fucking coffee place, and you're like, who the fuck? What, what, that was the guy that they voted. He had the short straw, or was he a PA? He's got like frappuccinos and shit all piled on. So he's got like four coffees. He's got like two. He's actually got two trays of coffees. So eight coffees in four fucking cup in four like of the. In, there's two trays and the and the four holes. You know what I'm talking about. And so he's got eight total coffees, seven or eight. You know, maybe maybe one of the holes is is, is open, but he's got both of his hands full. And he says, "Hey, man." You and I, after talking, he says, you and I should, he has a whole conversation with the two trays, the eight coffees. You and I should fucking hang out sometime, man. We'll get a fucking bite to eat or go grab a drink or something. And I'm all for it. So I said, fuck yeah, man. And he, at, and as he kicks the door open, because he can't use his hand, this is the most, the shit moment I've ever seen in my life. He kicks the door open to leave the fucking, to leave the joint. And he looks at me, and doesn't break eye contact, with the coffees, with the nine fucking coffees in hand, and says to me, as he kicks his way out of the door, as he kicks his way out of the coffee shop, strictly hetero, and fucking leaves. Bro, I stopped laughing yesterday. Strictly, he says strictly hetero, like... Don't worry. Like, it was like the no homo shit that people say. Like, yo, no homo. Like, rappers. But this guy fucking took the white crazy version and was like, this is mine now. Strictly hetero. See ya. Hey, let's hang out. Grab a bite to eat or something. Strictly hetero. And fucking walked out. And kicked out. He was the shit. Fuck them all. This dude was the shit. Menifragista. And this dude sleeps like a baby sometimes. That's fucking Goddamn hilarious to me. He walked out of the coffee bean like this motherfucker. I just said strictly hetero with nine coffees in my hand and kicked the door open like I'm on like I'm in Sin City the movie. I murdered that convo and he sleeps like a baby. That's the best. That's the fucking best shit. Oh, oh, oh. And Here's the whole point of me telling the fucking story. I can't believe I forgot about this part. I show up. I, I'm not making this up. I'm not making this up. I show up to the Laugh Factory one night. Sure as shit. There's a fucking llama outside, dude. There is a llama outside and K-Rock is in a van covering the event and this fucking strictly hetero dude is there with the llama with Jamie Masada and he says what's up Chris and I said I I literally looked at him and said you're not crazy (laughs) I said I thought you were out of your fucking mind you really brought a llama to the Laugh Factory? He was like, yeah, man. Didn't miss a beat. Wasn't offended that I thought he was crazy. Was just happy as shit. 
that guy. I want to be at that level, dude. That's the level I want to be at. Right under the fucking... Right, right above Steve Harvey. That's that's fucking three days away from for Steve Harvey if he's not careful. But that's Or if he is careful, that's where I want to be. That, that guy was just so happy, man. And I'm, ha- and I'm happy. But that motherfucker, strictly hetero, that was just amazing that that happened. That whole fucking, I'll never forget any of that shit. It, but my, my point is, it just goes to show you, you never know if somebody's fucking crazy or not. I mean, unless you're, you're like a fucking, you went to school for it and you're a doctor. But I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know. Um, here's another fucking story while I'm fucking on it. One time I was on a flight to, okay, so there's JFK. A lot of you probably know this, but there's JFK and then there's Newark. You can fly into either one. It's close. And it's basically, you, you, you can fly in. I was going to Manhattan. JFK is in Manhattan and Newark is in New Jersey, but it's close to Manhattan. And there's also LaGuardia, but I don't know where the fuck that is. But that that's not in this story. It's it's close enough, though. So I was flying into JFK. Now I'm in I'm in the uh, I'm in the first seat, okay, of the plane. And I'm not I'm saying this because it pertains to the story. I'm in the bulkhead. I'm not trying to brag like, hey, I got the first seat. But it's, it pertains to the story. I, it has to be in the story, okay. Next to me, there's a lady. All right, maybe maybe forty years old. All right. Now the plane is packed. There's, there's not a seat left in the plane and she boards the plane. She sits down and she's not, not friendly. She's not friendly. We're we're not talking. We're just kind of, I like to keep to myself when I'm on a plane and I think maybe she does too. Okay. So about 20 minutes, uh, like, so five hours, five hours go by, you know, the fucking flight, it takes like five hours. Plane's going. It's fine. Everything's great. Everything's great. And, and, then, and then over the speaker, as the plane is, you know, we're wrapping up here. We're about to, we're about to land. We're like, oh, any minute, the fu- you know, w- w- the uh, stewardess is going to come on the, 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 the intercom and talk to us. She does. She says, hey, guys, just so you know, uh, we're landing. Uh, we're just uh, our descent into our descent into <laughs> our descent into JFK. <laughs> uh, put your trade tables up. And, and I don't hear the rest of what the stewardess says. Because I hear the lady next to me, who's the, my seat partner in the, in the thing. It's just me and her, right? And she says, um, JFK. And she looks at me, and I, and I didn't know what to say. I, and I was like, uh, yeah. You know, I just said, yeah. And she said, we're not going to JFK. And I said, uh, what do you mean? And she said, well, we're not going to JFK, are we? And I said, yeah. Because we're on the plane, and I just, I don't, I didn't understand it. And I don't think she's crazy at this point, but I was like, maybe she just like fell asleep and she's disoriented or something, right? So she's like, this can't be right. So she, so the now the stewardess is um, wrapping up. I can't really remember how it happened, but this was like a year and a half ago. This is like way post nine eleven. This is like when shit is like real tight on airlines. Okay, so um, she says. Uh, she says to the, um, what do you call it, stewardess, what do you mean we're going to JFK? And the stewardess says, um, I, uh, I, well, what do you mean that this flight is from LAX to JFK? And she says, no, it's not. We're going to Newark. The, the lady in the seat. So now I'm like, oh, okay, this lady's crazy. And that's fine, but she's crazy. And I'm just not going to talk in this situation because it's not going to get any better. You're not going to convince her she's not crazy. So the um, the the stewardess says, um, no, you know how they like try to keep it like, not like, not like they, they didn't want to be like, well, you're crazy. Like if I worked as a stewardess and somebody said, no, we're going to jail. I'd be like, yo, you're fucking crazy. We're going, we're going, you're out of your fucking mind. Right. So she says, um, no, this flight's to, uh, to JFK. And she says, no, it's not. I'm going, uh, we're, we're going to Newark. And, and now it's an hour. They're very close to each other. So it doesn't really matter. Right. But the lady's like freaking out. And I'm like, you know how many times in my head, I'm like, you know how many fucking times they check the, the, the ticket on the, on the way to the airport. They like they check it nine fucking times. So 
obviously the lady's crazy. We're going to JFK. She thought she's going to Newark for some fucking reason. But like she heard 97 times. You checked the screen. Where my flight? Is it delayed? No. Oh, good. Going to fucking JFK. Get on. You get on the plane. They scan your ticket seven times and you go there. Every time you got to go through a new line, you get a fucking Starbucks in the thing. They're like, can I check your ticket though? Okay, you're going to JFK. Here's your macchiato. That's what happens. You could barely get out of your fucking house and, and get a ride to the airport without your friend saying, can I see your ticket? So we get to the, so, so the stewardess says, I got a lot to deal with. I'll be right back. Uh, and, and so she, she, she sits down on her thing and, 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 and she, the stewardess, now we're landing the stewardess and, and the lady's huffing and puffing. She's like, do you fucking believe this? And I, I'm like, yeah, I believe it. I bought the ticket to JFK. I don't say that because I try to not say as much as I can because she's fucking, it's a crazy. And so, so, um, the, uh, the 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 stewardess is now facing us because she's in the we're in the bulkhead and she's facing us in her seat. You know how they sit backwards, kind of because they're, that's just how they're set up. So the lady's talking to the girl girl face to face, and she's like, because she's in the aisle seat, I'm in the window seat, and she's like, she's like, I don't know how how airlines could let this happen. I'm on the wrong flight, and I'm like, first of all, you're crazy. You're on the right flight. Second of all what do you mean it's not the airline's fault even though it kind of is the airline's fault it's fucking your fault get out you got on the wrong plane if you got on the wrong plane even though you didn't because there's no because obviously the seats are packed the seats are packed you're telling me there was one empty seat she got on the wrong plane and just the coincidence that her seat was like one b or whatever or one a and she sat down on the only open seat i mean this flight was this flight was jam-packed okay so there's like no way she's right. She's a crazy person. So she said, so the steward says, well, we, when we land, and this is why I said sitting in the front seat was important because they're having this conversation right like this, right? So she says, well, when we land, uh, you know, get, get, uh, I'll, 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 we'll talk, you know? And she's fucking so mad. And she gets up after we land and she says, can I see your ticket? And the lady says, yeah. And she pulls out her, she goes in her bag. And now I'm like, oh, fucking great. This is awesome. Because now the lady, again, is we're going to have proof that this lady's a fucking lunatic. And she can't make excuses for a fucking plane ticket. It says fucking obviously seat 1A, 1B at JFK. So she pulls out the fucking ticket and gives it to the stewardess. And the stewardess says, how'd you get on this plane? (laughs) She literally it wasn't crazy. She was on the wrong fucking plane. On the only open seat on the wrong plane. And then she landed wrong and she had to fucking get a, a whole, you know, I don't know. But how the fuck did that? How does an airline fuck up like that? I don't remember what airline. It was probably United. Pieces of shit fuckheads. But I love that she landed in a wrong city. That was great. You remember when the Chicago airport had all those fires? I was supposed to land in Chicago. I had to get to Toronto. I had to get to I had to get to Toronto. And as I was, anyway, my point is, you never know if someone's fucking crazy or not. You don't know. You just write people off, and then you realize, oh, they're not crazy. But um, I left the airport. I was in upstate New York. I had to get to Toronto, but I had to fly to Chicago first. There was no direct flight. It was so annoying because it's like a five-hour drive. If I drove by, I didn't want to drive. So I drove. I, I, fl- I had to fly to Cleveland is what I had to fly to, not Chicago. Sorry. So I was flying to Cleveland. I fell asleep. I wake up, and it was like, as our descent into Cleveland, yada, yada. And I was like, what the fuck, Cleveland? And I was in the fucking bulkhead again, and I had the conversation with the stewardess who was set down. I was like, did it say Cleveland? She said, yeah. I said, I thought I was going to Chicago. And she's like, oh, yeah, Chicago's on fire. So we had to get to, we had to get to, so we got to Cleveland. I had to fly fucking back to JFK and then fly to Toronto because there was a direct flight. Cause I can go from upstate to JFK to then a fucking 20 minute flight and then a 40 minute flight. It was so annoying. Anyway, whatever, dude, that's, there's too many flight stories, but anyway, you never know if someone's fucking insane or not. Um, and that's it. Here I am going to hit uh, Toronto back. And I fucking pray to God, man, it wasn't raining, dude. I couldn't do anything. It was lonely as shit. I'm going to have some downtime. I'm looking at Toronto weather right now. Uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. No rain until Sunday. No rain until Sunday and Monday. 
All right, that'll do. I'll be fine. Highs of 76, lows of 50. Looks like won't be too fucking bad. 46 is the lowest that week. Um, yeah. So that's it. I hit all the things I wanted to talk about. Let me know your thought. Oh, you know what I'll do? I fucking didn't game the system yet. Oh, wait. Bow Wow Challenge. That's what I wanted to talk about. Did you hear about Bow Wow? This is the best. Another fucking flight story. Whatever. Bow Wow put the fucking... Bow Wow put the fucking... Uh, on, on Instagram, you put up a picture with a, of a private jet and a, and a, and a, and a like G-Wagon. Like, flight flight day. Travel day or whatever. And then somebody saw him after he posted that in coach flying and people were like, it blew up on Twitter. Like this motherfucker's fronting, you know? And, uh, I mean, I mean, how fucking embarrassing. Like to do your bow wow. You know what I mean? Your bow wow. You're already people like think you're silly. Just what? What are you doing, Bow Wow? Hey, your name's Bow Wow, too. You're an adult, right? And this guy travel day, and he was in seat like 36F. And he, what a stunting motherfucker. No, no, I mean not stunting. Sorry, stunting is actually doing it. Fucking Bond Day ruins it all, man. And then people were on... on on uh, what do you call it? Doing the bow wow challenge on Twitter, and it was so funny. It's been so funny. People would be like, uh, like, so, like here's one. Like I'm just checking the 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 um, hashtags. This like they'll be like bow wow challenge, and then they'll have one picture that's like dope, and then they pull out. There's like a wide shot and it's like the, like Mother's Day in Palm Springs, this guy writes and it looks like really close. Like there's some fucking cool like um, trees in the back and then there's a wide shot of it. And it's like he, you can tell he's at a Marshalls, you know. Um, <laughs> it's just so fucking funny that somebody like posing like that. I got I didn't do one. I wanted to do one, but I didn't do one. Fucking bow wow. Um, game this. Let me see how we game the system, dude. Let's see how we game the fucking system. Let's check some of these. I'm gonna do like two or three of these. So I'm tired here. Um, latest. All right. Oh, the fucking first one. What do you think about Bow Wow trying to be on a private jet lying about that? K. Reed. Well, just did that. Um, um, this is Lance Seabrook. Oh, my God. At ure- Urethra Addict 69. Ladies and gentlemen, we have the number one change it of all time. Hey, change it. Dude, Urethra Addict 69? And his fucking picture is of him on a horse. Oh, boy. Imagine, like, this guy has parents, right? Hey, dad, mom, you should get on Twitter. Oh, cool, I'll follow you. What's your thing? Urethra addict 69. Really? You're disowned. That's how that conversation goes. Um, hey, hey, Chris Talia, have you cried over any more movies recently? He's saying that because in my last special, I talk about how I cried when I watched the movie Kazam. Uh, I had a bit about that, uh, uh, Kazam, uh, the Shaquille O'Neal movie. And the answer is, yeah, I do cry at movies. Uh, sometimes I cry. You know what I cry at a lot are musicals. I love musicals. And everyone thinks it's very weird when they find that out about me because they're like, you fucking don't, you always make fun of everything. I'm like, I fucking love musicals. I don't give a shit, man. Those motherfuckers can sing and dance and they can do all that shit and make you feel stuff and make me prove that I'm not a robot. Got a heart. It's great. And, uh, Whenever musicals start, every musical I've ever seen, when I start, opening number, bawling. I don't give a fuck what it's about. It could be literally something silly, like, we get pussy, we get pussy, we get pussy. And I'll be like, <sighs> because it feels so much emotion, you know? 
So that is what I cry about a lot. And I do cry at movies a little bit. I can't remember the movies that I've seen recently, but, um, um, what does Crystalia think of Comic-Con cosplaying? Erica Brosnan at ebrosnan1. Good. Good job. Good job. Good job. What does Crystalia think of Comic-Con cosplaying? I mean, it's fine, dude, but like, if you're going to dress up like a fucking fairy or like some girl with big shoulders and a sword, yo, you may be making, be getting paid hourly. All right. You're doing it for fun. You seven. Um, what? What's this? Oh, this guy said, um, Yeah, uh, some of these questions are fucking stupid. Oh, I should say something. Oh, oh my! There's a picture here of little Uzi Vert. Little Uzi needs help. Where are his friends? This guy tweeted, "Lickledred at Young Hosama." Jesus Christ! Look at what he's wearing. Hip hop, it got weird, man. Or I should say, it's weird how different hip hop got. That's how I should. That's what I should say. Um, by the way, I fucking never. I've listened to some Lil Yachty because I I made fun of him a lot. Th- there's a new Lil Yachty song that I I fucking love, and I can't uh I can't front. I fucking love it. It's called. Uh, what is it? Bring it back. And it's weird as shit. And this is why I like it. Because it's not really hip hop. Lil, Lil Yachty rapping to me is just like basic. But this song, I hope that this is the direction that he goes. It's more of like a Chromeo kind of a, a cool vibe. Kind of like a... It makes me honestly feel like I'm in a car and I'm 16 and I'm driving to pick up a date and go to fucking prom. And then I looked at the video and the video is him at prom. Which is amazing. I was like, oh, that guy really... Not only did he make me feel that in the song, but the video's about that. That's so odd. It's called Bring It Back, I think. I'm, I'm trying to look at my iTunes. I bought the fucking thing. It's awesome. I don't know if the rest of his songs are like that or not. Probably not. Maybe. maybe. I don't know. Maybe. But it's cool. But that's what I was talking about, like evolving as an artist. Like this guy made those, those basic songs, those basic songs, uh, the one with him and uh, the, the video with him and a baby and, the, and the, his face on it. I don't remember what that song was, but that song wasn't for me. I get it was catchy, but this song, Bring It Back, yeah. It's fucking cool. I don't know. It's different. It's cool. He's doing something different. Never thought I'd say it, dude. Lil Yachty fucking came out with a banger, I think. I fucking love this song. Everyone hates it that I say, that I show it to. But I think that, honestly, they're just saying that because they're thinking of Lil Yachty's hair. Dude, it's good. And you're a fucking... It's good. It's different. And that's, and that's good. And it, But it's also good. All right? Anyway, that's it. That's all I'm saying. I wanted to fucking say that because... Uh, I, I wanted you to know that. I don't know why I wanted you to know that, but I wanted you to know that. I wanted you to know that. Uh, remember uh, to check out Blue Apron, guys. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping, by the way, by going to blueapron.com slash congrats. All right. Uh, I have upcoming show dates coming up. Uh, I'm going to Austin. I'm going to West, I'm going to West Palm Beach. I'm going to uh, Austin. I'm going to West Palm Beach. I'm going to... I don't know, Atlantic City. I'm rescheduling Australia, guys. I, I should be doing that by the end of the year. But uh, uh, check it out. Uh, my dates at crystalia.com slash tour uh, slash tour. Man on Fire, June 27th, Netflix. You guys got to um, check that out. Put it in your queue. I don't know if it's available in your queue yet, but do that. Download it even. I think you can do that on Netflix now. Um, and by the way, we have congratulations shirt. We have a congratulations shirt now up on the store. So a lot of you guys have been asking for this. Can we get a podcast shirt? Tweet me about, hey, I want to wear a podcast shirt to rep it. You guys are the fucking shit, honestly. You babies are my shit. And you can support this podcast by going to store.crystalia.com. And it's got 
you know, it's got a lot of cool stuff. It's got some stuff. Some of the stuff is merchy, but some of the stuff is not. It's, it's got, it's like high quality. It's made in Los Angeles. It's like good fucking, it's good fabric. It's really cool. I wear it and I like it. Um, it really is good. And then tweet me at congratulations pod, hashtag congratulations pod. And please don't forget to rate and review the show. Cause I'm telling you, man, if our numbers don't keep going up, I'm done with this, I'm done with this. Okay. So, uh, help me out and do that. If you would go rate and review and then check out my, my, my store. And then also you can check out the, uh, the, the tour dates and all that. You guys are the best, my babies. Thanks for listening. Uh, this has been Congratulations, the podcast, episode something, no clue. Have a good one. Congratulations. Congratulations. Congratulations, motherfucker! Five years, motherfucker! Motherfucker, motherfucker! Motherfucker, motherfucker! Motherfucker, motherfucker!